0: Hello and welcome to Talking Dad UK, a podcast where we discuss all things Dad. Audio of the podcast episodes are available on YouTube now, under the heading of Talking Dad UK. We're also connected to Ko-fi, which is KO-FI. You can make some small contributions and donations, and we can use that towards improving the quality of the podcast and upgrading our podcast equipment. But I do appreciate the support, just by listening and downloading, which I'm very grateful for. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, or you've got some feedback or interesting dad stories you want to share with us that we might use towards one of our episodes in the future, you can find us at TalkingDadsUK1 on Twitter or TalkingDadsUK at gmail.com. Today's guest is Alex. Alex is an ex-professional rugby player who, after he retired, retrained as a psychotherapist. Today's topic of discussion is men's mental health, and Alex talks us through a little bit about his background. Hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Alex, you Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm all right, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks um, Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Fine, no problem. We've uh, been speaking via Twitter a couple of times, and uh, you uh, said you might be interested in coming on one of the episodes, so uh, here we are.
1: Yeah, um, I saw your, uh, your shout-out. I think it was during um, the time I was... I was sat. I was actually sat in hospital with my um, with my newborn, and um, we didn't get off to the best of starts, really. So um, he was uh, he was in intensive care for for three weeks um, because he came seven weeks early. So it was a lot of sitting around um, and uh, a lot of scrolling, and uh, and I came across you, yourselves, and I thought I think it's great. It's great that uh, talking dad are, um, are doing the doing the work and and just offering a. A platform, if you like, for all things dad. Um, in a in a world where, uh, obviously, and for the right reasons. Um, the uh, women, uh, ladies, are uh, uh, are hitting the headlines. Um, I also I think that um, you know the the, the male contribution, um, men, dads. Uh, I've still got a, a massive part to play, and, um, and it's just as important. So, um, so yeah, so I'm really glad, really glad to be here. And um, hopefully, if I can get a couple of, of messages across, um, that would be great.
0: No, it's uh, it's great to have you. Great to uh, have you on the uh, the podcast and be a part of it. And I'm sure you've got some really interesting insights and some input that we can topics we can chat about. So, um, yeah, I think. Uh, it's uh, something that i thought about for a while to do something similar to this, but I um, didn't really know what platform it was going to be on. Um, and as you say, um, mental health, men's mental health in particular, is something that's in the headlines at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I think it's, it's starting to be talked about quite a lot in the mainstream media, but still there's that stigma around things and, and blokes just don't want to talk about uh, quite personal things, do they? And uh, I suppose we're just here yeah, just to encourage and remind them that they can do that and it's okay to do that.
1: I think you're absolutely right, and there's been a there's been a lot of um, uh, you know documentaries and um, and high profile figures, and the message out there is is one to to get talking, et cetera. But you mentioned the, the stigma, and that does. That does get talked about an awful lot. But yet, the culture that we've grown up in is is, 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 is inbred in us for <laughs> 400, 500 years of, of a man's job is uh, to be provider and protector. And there, there doesn't seem to be a, a, a place for, uh, for a man to be able to show his emotions. So then, fast forward from there, you know, another 200 years, and you've got you know the industrial Revolution all the rest of it what's what's the the male role there again it's it's to pro- protect and provide and the the, the male society and uh, and Britain especially being being Britain it would stiff up a lip and, and and get on with it um, yep. so, so now all, all of a sudden we're, we're saying that it's okay to break down these barriers but but it's easier said than done it's um it's tough it is it is tough um but it it is really really important and i and i know from um my own background i mean i, I grew up in in uh, south wales valleys uh, i'm not sure if i've given it away already uh, with an accent um yep. yeah but um you know it's it's it's, it's a place where we we men are men and uh you know the old joke sheep are worried et cetera i know um <laughs> but um but but yeah it's um it's it's a place where it, it is uh, still, very much a, a macho environment, um, because only oh, only a, a stone's throw away in time did we have uh, a lot of, uh, of tough nuts going down a coal mine, and and to think that uh, they would even contemplate sharing how they're feeling, etc. And but it's important to realise though that the world has changed, and. You know the, the stresses of 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 um, you know manual labour and being able to provide for your family in the past, etc. Yes, of course, that was huge amount of stress, but now we we're, we're faced with a constant barrage. Not only do we have the same issues of provide, protect, look after your, your family, etc., um, but now there's there's this other expectation. There's this other expectation of. How you should be, how you should act, everybody sees you, not just the people down your street anymore, your close friends, your social media etc um stress i mean you, you you're constantly accessible there's so much now, and um it is tough it's tough, so there's got to be there's got to be an outlet there really has
0: yeah, um completely agree I think it's um there's been you know, a bit of a theme throughout a few of the episodes where we've, we've spoken um, to different people um, that have been on about, you know, some of the stresses and some of the changes and uh, the difficulties that some, some of us face, whether that's for your job or just family life. And, you know, the, the idea that men would sit down and, and have a have a heart to heart, as it were, with each other. It doesn't really happen like that, does it? It doesn't really exist no. for men like that. it's no. uh, it's more likely to be something that comes out over a, over a beer in the pub with a pal, or absolutely. Um, it comes out in some other form or fashion um, when we've all been around friends when they've been acting a bit strange or they've been a bit off, and you can tell something's up. And yeah, uh, you it. it it seems to manifest itself in that way rather than just sitting down and saying, look, this is what's happening. This is what's going on for me. I'm having a bit of a shitty time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, that-
1: and you, you, you're right in, in saying that um, that that is how you would uh, begrudgingly give away how you're feeling. Um, and uh, those particular platforms for, for voicing that, they have been taken away, haven't they? Um, when you consider that what we've gone through with um, with two lockdowns, three in some places, um, where pubs are shut, um, you can't you can't go for a game of five a side. Uh, the local rugby club has um, a shut up shop now. Um, so all these things that where you you, you could potentially offload. A little bit uh, are gone. So now it, it, you just sort of internalize, um, because as you rightly said, you're not going to pick up uh, a phone and, and say to, to your mate Dave, oh Dave, I'm having a stinker today. I feel I feel really low, etc. It's just not how men work. So it is it's it is important um, because what you don't want you you don't want to get to the point where there's there's no way out. I mean, the, 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 the male rate of suicide still dwarfs um, the female rate. And and the reason for this is it, it's, it's been studied that um, the, the, the male psyche um, uh, against the, the the female psyche is, is that women will want to talk and will want to even argue and argue out a problem and iron out and thrash out a problem and, and share their emotions and then fix a problem. However, m- men... Men will act. And that is the scary thing is that men will act and which is probably the, the biggest reason why um, male suicide um, numbers are, are so high at the moment. So it's important that we don't get to that point. Um, and, and my sort of my message. I mean, I've been there. I've been there. And um, as, as awful as it is um, for, for, a, for a young bloke, yeah, I say young boy, I'm, I'm 35 Um I still think myself relatively young, um, but um, as, as a young bloke with, um, uh, with a, a lovely wife and, um, and, and uh, it was a, a home at the time, a new home and uh, a good, really good job. Something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. And um, yeah, I, I hit rock bottom and um, it was it was really tough. Uh, it's important to, to to know, and this there was something that, that made me feel a lot better. Is that is that we all get a thought from time to time, um, a massive low, a massive negative thought, thinking, "Oh God, it would be so much easier if I wasn't here," and that is it is really really natural. So it, you don't need to be alarmed when you feel that way, and that that initially has helped me in the past. But it's when you're experiencing it every day. When you're thinking, well, there's no point in getting out of the bed, or when you're thinking, well, it'd be better off if I just pulled out in this junction. Um, that is, that is when you know it, it's gone too far. So, um, so, so, yeah, it is important, and and thankfully, um, Boris Johnson and uh, his uh, his crew are uh, are lifting restrictions. So, some of our traditional um, platforms and means of, of sharing. Uh, are going to open up again, so I, I can only encourage it because you, you just look at some of the, the, the massive male male figures and stuff that, that, that have gone through this. Um, some have been fortunate to be able to, to live through it and get on with it. Freddie Flintoff's done a massive, a massive job in um, in raising issues with mental health. Um, I know there's massive advocates for it and things like Prince William. Um but but you've only got to look at the other side of the coin where um you cast your your mind back a couple of years ago and um gary speed that was that was awful and they still have never got to the bottom of it um yeah. and uh you just wish that you'd shared something with with someone so um so yeah it's uh, it's it, it's 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 important just to just to tap into your mate
0: yeah them cases are always the um seem to be the exception don't they and uh the- they're the ones that shock you the most. Yeah, when you hear something like that, and from an outsider looking in, you know the usual thought that somebody might have. You know, it's uh, somebody who appears to have have it all and have a nice life, and um, can can still feel in a position where they need to make that ultimate decision to take their own life and effectively tap out and, and say, "That's it, me done." Um, I've experienced it um, through. Working in a support role with people um, who suffer from mental ill health, and uh, a few years ago, I'm not in that role anymore. But um, yeah, it's the the thought of reaching out and speaking to somebody, or maybe it's the, the format of how they reach out and speak to somebody. Mm, yeah. in their face maybe people find it very difficult, whereas if it's yeah, sometimes if it's you know um an email or behind a blank wall type situation phone call even text message that kind of format then people find it slightly easier to do that
1: yeah there's there's some really good stuff out there jim at the moment um you know i'm sure lots of us are, are familiar with um with, with the charities things like samaritans etc but um yeah and they, they do do a fantastic job but, but um I, I volunteer for a, a charity called shout um, crisis text line and um, and they do a terrific job and I I think you're absolutely spot-on in that there's there's something behind being able to to do it behind a, a bit of a, a wall etc that just seems to make it easier maybe maybe for 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 a man yeah. um so in in the, the shout uh stuff it's it's just all based by a text okay. and yeah um, and it, it uh, yeah, uh, the the male stuff that comes through te- does tend to be suicide. Unfortunately, I think at the moment, my, my I looked at my current stats only last night, and um, over fifty eight percent of all conversations are, are suicide based. I mean, you know, the, the categories also cover things like um, eating disorders, which again is on the rise for men, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, abuse, emotional, physical, etc. But but suicide within um the the, the, the male categories still dominates unfortunately because I think it's for, for, for many blokes to to text in it means they've got to a point where they don't know what to do and they're thinking of of acting um but but look I mean I I don't want uh the purpose of, of my uh joining you tonight wasn't to um you know to, to paint a, a picture of doom and gloom because um my message is, is that it is um, a very permanent solution to a temporary problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there, are, there are so many ways and means uh, to, to get yourself out of a mental health hole. Um, and not all mental health issues get that far. You know, I mean, um, with, with depression, I think it's over 90% of people will actually self remedy without the use of, uh, of medication or a therapist um so it's important to know that you can get through it and there's um there's a number of ways to do so yeah um but but I mean my 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 background was um was in professional rugby I know we were gonna um come on to that
0: yeah I was gonna I was gonna just jump back and sort of say um you know what your background was and and sort of where you found yourself and sort of how you've experienced and your journey through your own mental health which has led you sort of Kind of where you're at now yeah yeah
1: growing up in south wales um rugby was a religion still is um and uh i did uh I had fortune of uh, being involved at a high level um you won your, your schoolboy caps etc and then you move on and uh, you get linked with the club and um it was great it was great and uh, you know you're you're a young man and uh, you're you representing uh, Cardiff, Cardiff Rugby Club. Um, and I then went on to, to represent Newport uh, Dragons. Um, and, you know, the, I enjoyed the, the, the trappings that come with it, the kudos, etc., and all the rest of it. But I've, I particularly found it hard. And if I'm being really honest, um, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it at all. Okay. Um
0: it, were you able to sort of pinpoint and put your finger on what part of it was the difficult part you didn't enjoy?
1: Yeah, um, I think it was when it became a living, when you got paid to do okay. it, it was a, it was a perk first of all, but then there was an expectation and things became very serious. And we we what we see on a Saturday is is a team run out and um, have a have a great game of rugby. And uh, and then they do a bit on the telly, and then they 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 disappear again. It's all the bits in between that I can pinpoint that that I struggled with. It was the stress, it was the constant anxiety, if you like, um, of am I going to make the team this week? Because I wasn't, I wasn't a an out and out superstar. Um, I was, uh, hampered by a, a, a number of injuries, various shoulder reconstructions, pins in my ankle, um, <laughs> my groins held together with a plastic mesh, et cetera. Right. So typical these days, unfortunately of, um, of, of rugby, but, um, yeah, at a, I had a bit of, um, bit of bad luck, but it was, it was the stuff you, if you look at training. So for example, you, you rock up the training and, uh, okay, lad, so it's going to be the gym this morning and then we're gonna have a bit of lunch, and then we're gonna go out on the paddock and um, and do a bit. Uh, fantastic! So you get in the gym, and already though I would struggle with the expectation. Well, you need to lift so much, okay, right? Yeah. Um, then, right. What's my what? What's the what's the other? Uh, flanker lifting. What well, he's lifting more than me, right? Okay. How is this going to look in testing? How is this going to show up in the stats, etc.? Right. All right. So I'm behind the behind the, the the curve here a little bit. Um, and and then you 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 go out onto training in the afternoon, and uh you know you you put your head down and you and you you do your best and you work hard, but then little things crop up in the back of your mind, and you think, oh, what? Well, why is the coach talking to him again now? Why isn't he speaking to me? And it's a Again, it sort of turns you into a massive people pleaser. And uh, unfortunately, that's something that became ingrained um, in, uh, in my psyche. And it's only something I've been able to address over the last sort of three years and I come to the realization that I was a people pleaser really as a result of, of constantly trying to, to be in favor um, just to earn selection. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that was the stuff that I enjoy. I love the game. I love the game. I'd be a bit stressed. I'd, um, I'd worry and hope that that the, the game went well. Um, but the, it was the day to day stuff that I found particularly hard. Um, and it doesn't help that it was run by, by, uh, fellas that, um, that at the time was, had no, training with with young fellas how to look after uh their their mental welfare um and, and their the development off the pitch they, they knew this stuff on a rugby perspective absolutely without a doubt but rugby really is 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 a small percentage because you consider as a professional player you know you're lucky to get past 35 and you've got another life to live after it so you you need some sort of looking after there yeah. and um that's, that's something they struggled with.
0: Was it around that time then? When did you notice that, that things weren't quite right? And was that the beginning of when you sort of suffering with your mental ill health at that point, or was it later on that you realised that something wasn't wasn't quite right for you?
1: Yeah, it's a good question um, to be honest with you, because there were there were always lows. I mean, the life of a sportsman is 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 big, big highs and massive lows anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, because uh, you know you, you win favor, you, you have a great game, you're on a high. I don't know injury or, or um, you're not selected for the team. Um, then then you come crashing down a little bit. So as opposed to to the real world, with the the, the peaks and troughs uh, aren't quite as extreme. Um, but I think it was. It was after one of my last serious sort of injuries, um, my shoulder kept dislocating and I had to have an op. And I thought, the writing's on the wall here. Um, and I made the move to, to semi-professional rugby and, um, and started doing my uh, my coaching and, um, and my, my teaching qualification as well. Um, so I had a focus. And in the end, if I'm being honest with you, I think I was glad to see the back of it, um, which is a big thing for me to admit, uh, okay. really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because you have this expectation of, well, you played rugby at a high standard and, you you know, you're, you're from South Wales where you live and breathe it and all the rest of it. But I'd had enough. And um, I was still, you know, I was still only very young, 20, 24, 25 at the time. and um, But it had just given me so much mental and physical um, issues that, um, that I thought I can, I can do this without this. And, um, and I jumped into what I felt was a real world, um, which led to, it's <laughs> so, so like such a tragic case, um, which led to do to, to a, a brilliant job uh, as director of rugby in a private school. Okay, yeah. Uh, a little further north, up in, uh, up in rural Shropshire. And uh, it was a dream job, James. It was, um, it, the place looks like Hogwarts. The, the kids are, are fantastic. They're magnificent. And uh, I'm, I'm really, really lucky. I know that. I'm really, really lucky. But I think it was three years into the job here that it, everything from, from all the time in rugby, the, the pent-up stuff, and the stress of, of a new job, moving away, um, effectively being on my own, up here for um well I would class far from home for a, for a, for a homebird um, it actually led to a, a, a breakdown a breakdown that manifested itself initially through some sort of physical symptoms okay. um, and it it, uh, it did not go well at all
0: if you're willing to what what sort of symptoms would you have noticed that you, you could sort of tell people that that, that was what was happening and what led to the breakdown in the end um
1: I, I can um yeah i can i can remember the, the day really really clearly um I'll, I'll just walk through it so um it was it was just a, a normal day really um i had uh, a number of prospective parents and you've got to remember in in the private school industry it's it's a business and you got to get bums on seats etc so I had a number coming in for, for what we would call a bit of a scholarship day, a bit of a tryout day where, where boys who are um or, uh potential rugby players want to come to the school. Um so I had a, a meeting and a presentation to do. Now that presentation was was something that I've done uh, umpteen times. Um so it didn't faze me at all, but it, it involved a lot of sort of rushing around and um and I was uh I was okay, I was stressed. Um but I knew I was okay i'd done it I'd done it before, so it wouldn't be a problem, but anyway, it was um just before lunchtime, and I knew they were coming in at around two o'clock so i'd um I'd got the conference room all set up, and then i um I dashed off to get a few other things ready and then I had this 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 real sort of crippling pain just sort of in my chest and in my stomach, and i thought oh what's what's that? I don't know what that's about um okay, so uh it continued. I thought, and it was more, more sort of in my, in my abdomen, in my gut and stuff. So I thought, all right, okay, to do the right thing. What what men tend to do, and you you sit on the throne for a bit. Uh, no, it's not that. Okay, all right. So um, you push on, and um, and I was um, going further down campus, and um, it, it struck me a massive pain struck me, and uh, so much so I, I dropped to 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 one knee. Uh, luckily, it was no one around at the time. Um, but then you sort of think, well, something's not right here. Yeah. And uh, you, you get up and you continue. And then finally, the, the, the last thing was almost sort of passing out in the main school corridor, which um, I wasn't really too embarrassed about at the time because I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. I, I passed out and um, I was, it, was, it was like a sort of a, a part panic attack and part just sort of shutting down. I just felt like I was shutting down, I was losing consciousness um, and the pain sort of disappeared as I sort of went in and out of, of consciousness, and then loads of you know, the medical staff came and in the end because they were uh, I was having problems breathing uh, they actually resulted in the air ambulance coming and um
0: oh, really?
1: um so yeah, it all got it all got pretty pretty serious pretty quickly um the things you'll do to get out there doing a presentation <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: but um but i I fast forward then to I was in um Hospital, uh, they landed in in Shrewdry Hospital and I I went there and um, I ended up on a bed in a corridor somewhere and everything just sort of started subsiding because I remember just wrapping myself up in a ball, but yet a, a wave of relief saying, I don't care if I'm dying, I'm just glad to be away. I'm glad to be away from work and everything that seemed to be stressing me out. I'm glad that I'm just here. My eyes were closed. Nobody knew me. And I just felt everything starting to come back. So, yeah, that was pretty substantial. And um, I had, I think it was a week or or two weeks off. And um, that's when I started doing some reading. And um, I read a book that that sort of uh, changed my life a little bit um because it was it was a called lost connections by a chap called johan harry um and it's a it's a really really good read because i'd been on antidepressants until that point and i tried various therapy you know cbt sort of stuff and it didn't really cut the cut the mustard um and i always had a sense of you know, embarrassment for being on antidepressants and i, I know i know that Half the, the country are on them, really, which is a, a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: um, it was um, well, it, it was Freddie Flintoff, that actually, a, a podcast that he had done that made me feel um, a little bit better about antidepressants. He said, look, Jeremy, when I was a professional cricketer, when you'd have a bad ankle, you, you'd take some painkillers or ibuprofen, uh, you have a bad elbow, same again. He said, you've got a problem with your, your top two inches. There's a pill for it, he said, you know. But this book, going back to, to that, that Lost Connections, was about that it's not a chemical imbalance that is the most commonly prescribed uh, problem. It is, it is, it's highlighted as an issue uh, in that they say it's biological, etc. cetera. And it's not, it, I, and, and it, it, I know what it is now. And it was, for me, it was a complete lack of purpose. It was a complete lack of of control, of of focus, and just drifting along. And I had the the issue of I felt I, I always felt a bit of a failure, um, in that I never finished off. I never went as far as I wanted to go in rugby. Um, I felt like when I was working here because you you, you teach young kids and and um, so I always felt like a fake then as well, because they saw you as a, as a, as an ex-rugby player and stuff. Yeah. Um, So it was all this stuff coming together and, um, and I knew that it was, it was time to, to approach things differently. Um, So I ended up, although I still work here, I still run the rugby and, um, and teach PE, but now I've also retrained um, and work as a psychotherapist. Um, So that took the the best part of, of three years. To do, and I've learned some cracking stuff along the way, which is which is pretty much what, what I want to share with um, with the guys today.
0: Okay. Did you want to jump straight into them, or yeah, so you've yeah, don't mind. I mean, I've got a couple of questions written down, but I'm happy for you to um, you know jump in, and then I'll see if you've covered anything, and we can come back to it. And
1: all right, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the the biggest thing I, I want to say is that, and I touched on this earlier, is I know it's hard. I know it's really hard for men today, for fathers, especially, but, but for all men, um, there's, there's loads expected of them. There's, there's, there's ways they've got to act, there's ways they've got to be, there's ways they've got to look, there's jobs you're expected to have. There's a certain level of money that you've got to have to be a success um, the, the world is, is full of fake Instagram profiles, all the rest of it and stuff, which, which can make you feel completely inadequate. Yeah, um, and then, you know, you've got the, your perfect dad on there as well. So we're not just talking about, you know, sitting on a beach and um, and, and sipping cocktails. We're just talking about that perfect family, et cetera. And, um, and it's, it's really, really hard. So it's natural to feel low, sometimes it's natural to feel like absolute shit because if when you're inundated with constant expectations, it is really, really hard. And we mentioned earlier that our, um, uh, our outlets have been taken away for the last year
0: yeah.
1: in regards to um, a bit of sport on the weekend, playing yourselves, a um, bit of banter with the lads, um going to the pub and um you know and, and that doesn't necessarily mean just sort of you know sharing sob stories it's simply an outlet having a laugh the banter etc it, it's a release valve yeah and it just makes the normal bearable again but having that taken away it is hard and then those low times they manifest in in things like anxiety depression frustration anger um uh, and emotion you know, they, they do. Uh, that that is is gospel, and it will will happen. You need to find other outlets. You need that. You need to do a bit of self care, and we hear this all the time, but no one ever says what. And it's like the, the old adage of, of uh, you know our ITV slogan is Britain get talking, which is great. They're raising awareness. Uh, lots of people are raising awareness to, to mental health. Get talking. Get talking. But the minute someone does. Everyone panics. Quick, form of Samaritans, etc. Right, so it's important to, to to know what to do for self care, and um, more than more than just what the, you'll find on the doctor's surgery wall when you go there. Um, I'm not talking about walks in the park, you know. Um, if I'm being honest, I would I would avoid negative outlets. I'd avoid I'd avoid the booze um, when you are feeling low. Have it as a release, definitely. Yeah, yeah okay, when you, you, you're you tired at the end of the week, etc. cetera. Um, but, but alcohol is a, is a natural depressant. Um, things like, obviously, drugs isn't great. Um, even even stuff like porn, all right, it's, it's not great for fellas. Don't use those as outlets. There's other ways and means. Exercise is obviously, you know, um, massive, okay? Even if you're completely out of shape, um, if you feel you're over the hill, simply getting outside and doing something. If you're living in a city, Birmingham, uh, Manchester, London, whatever it may be, you can still get outside and do something, which uh, has been proven that that just half an hour of, of aerobic exercise is the equivalent to an antidepressant. It has the same effect on our brain and the release of endorphins. Um, so it can help when you do feel like crap. The last thing you want to do is put your trainers on, but... That's that's the hardest bit. Once you do it, you can put the world to rights a little bit and, and come back. It's a, cope, a way of coping. Um, yeah. But the other thing I wanted to say, and and I've become quite passionate about, is have a focus, have a target, have something you want to achieve, and and go big, go big, go go. You know, if, whatever. If 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 it's make a, make a make a million, make a million. Okay, you can. You, you can do it. You just don't know it yet. But it might be something as simple as I want to be dad of the year. I, I, I cling on to to the fact that I was I was raised a Catholic, went to Catholic school, and we have Lent comes around every year. And yeah, um, uh, you know, the wife says, uh, "Oh, you're giving up chocolate again this year, or whatever, or, or whatever it may be. It could be New Year's resolutions, whatever." And no, I say for Lent, I'm going for dad of the year. Okay, <laughs> so every time, every time I'm I'm. Uh, I, I face a bit of a sort of an ethical thing. I don't know. There's, there's a a choice to be made. What would Dad of the Year do? Okay. So um so, so yeah, and now and now she she reminds me, she, she says, Come on, Dad of the Year, like you know. So um so yeah, so so going back to targets and goals, set yourself a target and a goal, because otherwise you're a bit like I was before before that breakdown, and you're just drifting along, you're going down the river, and it can it can swallow you up very, very quickly. But the minute that we, we, we want to achieve something, suddenly we've got focus. And when we've got focus, we naturally become a little bit more passionate. And then when you're passionate, it becomes infectious. The people around you, it's the ripple effect. And this is huge because there's so many things to focus on. We talked about them, work, wife you know, your relationship there, um, intimacy, stuff like that, the relationship you've got with your kids, um, your body, stuff like that as a dad, you know, yeah. there's so many things. And we can only ever really focus massively on, on one thing at a time, as we're so commonly reminded of by, by our wives and spouses. Um, but if you become passionate about something, you will find that you are a more positive person, which is a the, the, goal number one, okay? So it can help pick you up. But also, you, you, you're fun to be around. You'll find that your, your other relationships in your life, so with your kids, et cetera, will start blossoming because then you, you serve as an example, really. And they buy into this because kids can, kids can see through us. They really can. I mean, I, I work with, with kids day in, day out, and I've got two of my own. But but these these kids know when something's not right. They know they know a bullshitter. Um, but they also know when when you're going somewhere, and and that's all they want is inspiration. And sometimes you don't have to, to come with a, up with a phrase like Buddha or something. You just need to lead by example. Yeah. You just need to to be saying yeah yeah I'm I'm getting fit. You know, share your goal, share your target, and and it rubs off. Yeah. It 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 really does. It it has that ripple effect. So so my advice is, yeah, as I said, that you know, this this, this is stuff that we can honestly all do. Because I, I can I can see that I can see all, all your listeners now rolling their eyes and 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 just sort of saying, Oh, here we go again. We got another another New Year's resolution guy here. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but but you really you really can and we just we you really can achieve these things that you want to achieve. Say you want that that next house up on the ladder. Say you want that promotion in work. Say you do want to be dad of the year. Say you do want to lose two stone or something. People have done these things in the past, not because they're better than you, not because they've, they've got a different so genetic makeup. It's because they did one thing and they just made a decision. It changed from a wish and a dream to a decision, you actively decide to do that thing. You actively decide, no, I am gonna go for that house. I am I'm not, I would like, I am gonna get that promotion. I am gonna be dad with you. I am gonna lose it, whatever it may be, whatever your bag is, you decide. It's not a wish, it's not a dream. And the thing that makes that happen, Jim, is that the decision is accompanied by action. No matter how small, yeah, and that's the difference between a wish and a decision. No matter how small, if it's losing weight, it's putting your trainers on and, and going for a run or something. If it's the if it's the the family, um, look up, have a look. At, someone has given you a blueprint somewhere in life, in 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 history. We are incredible creatures. It sometimes sounds sounds like I'm taking the wind out your sails a little bit here. But chances are, whatever you want to achieve, someone's done it already. <laughs> someone has done it. Someone's given you the blueprint. Yeah. So all you need to do is just tweak and twiddle it to suit you and use it. Read a book. Look at someone. So, you know, I, I teach kids here and they all say, uh, yeah, I want to I go into business. Well, what business? Oh, yeah, I, I want to make a, a two, five million pounds or whatever. Okay, so, so how are you going to do it? Well, I, I'm I not sure, but I think I'm going to go into this or whatever. Right? There's, there's no passion. There's no plan. Yeah. So start looking at it. What interests you? What in your life do you want to change? And um, more often than not, it takes getting freaked out. Get upset. Get freaked out. If it's, if it's thinking about you've toyed with losing weight in the past, put the clothes that you had five years ago on Okay, that are at the back of the wardrobe that you don't throw out because we're all hoarders, right? <laughs> Put those on and get upset, get disturbed. Look at look at some photographs of, of you, I don't know, five years ago and and get emotionally disturbed because that's the difference. And that's when you'll start taking little action. And I call on my one percenters every day. And and for me, my my goal, my target, it wasn't so it wasn't so much money-based, money-orientated, money et cetera. Um, it was, I want to be better than, say, the therapists I'd experienced in the past. I want to be able to to offer men real help, hands-on help. I want to inspire them to, to the, the fact that they are, in, they are in charge. You don't need someone else to do these decisions for you. We all have this, this, this switch in us, and we've forgotten it. We've forgotten that we've got this switch and all you've got to do is just flick it and and you just got to say bollocks to it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Now, sometimes it'll land you in shit. Okay, it's done it with me <laughs> this week. It's done it. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, you just do stuff. You do stuff and it creates momentum. You do things. You take one percenters. If it's losing weight, then put your trainers on and go for a walk. Go go for go for a run do something force yourself that you know i i wasn't sure about about speaking with yourself but i thought to myself no it's it's good force yourself to do it and now i'm doing it it's sort of it's, it's all coming to, to the surface and um who knows? Who knows what what it'll lead to? But it doesn't matter because I've I've done a one percenter for me today. I've done something big. I put myself out there, and you've had a go. Yeah, and and that's what I would say. That is the tangible advice I would give someone. It all boils down to: what do you really want? Do you want that? Do you want to work on your marriage? Then you can do something about it. Don't just settle for mediocrity. Work at it. Things take work. Do you want to improve relationship with your kids don't just wish it do something just do something sporadic they would love it just say come on kids we're going out i'm going to do something really random we're going to go to the local climbing wall um even if you can't climb at all yourself um do something i i did it once i did it once i loved it and then we had lockdown great cheers right okay but 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 do something different go if they're young whatever go look in a Go look in a pond somewhere. Go do something, okay? It's action, the one percenters. You want to improve work? Then do something. Speak Speak to someone you wouldn't normally speak to. Get advice. Someone's got that promotion. Someone works in the next level. Say to them, what did you do? What did you do? When, how long ago did you get promoted? What did you do? And all the rest of it and stuff. Put yourself out there and you will see things change. It's massive.
0: Do, um to play devil's advocate slightly cool. do you think do you think that we could we could choose too many things to try and improve all at once because that's what we see as you've already alluded to that yeah see we see instagram life and and you know you think well i've got to make a lot of money i need the nice car i need a six pack can you pick too many things do you need to boil it down and think about exactly what it is you need to do first and how you're going to get to where you truly want to be
1: yeah, I, I mean, it's important to, to realise what 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 makes you happy. I had I had a I had a friend today, and I think he's going for an early midlife crisis. He said, "I've been thinking about my focus." He said, "And I'm going I want a motorbike." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> right, okay, yeah. all right." So maybe you need to sleep on this one, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but basically, what what that may do? What buying something, having the flash car, having the whatever. It's been well documented that we have a base level of happiness. And, and this has been found with national lottery winners. Um, so people that go right up there, but oh, a month later, two months maybe, okay, they come back down to that base level. Yeah. And it also works the other way. So someone gets diagnosed with with cancer, you're given so many years to live, or something, God forbid. And it's crushing and you, you go right down that trough. But then as you, go, you come through your grief, you come through your despair, you start coming back up that trough to that baseline. So to answer your question, sorry Joe, I, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, okay. is, is that you need to focus on what you think is gonna give you long-term happiness. And for, for me, it's not material things. It's experiences. And it's not our fault. It's really not your fault. If you are turned on by having the latest car, by having the latest eye watch, by having whatever, it's not your fault because we are consistently brainwashed since the nineteen fifties of what we need in our life to be happy. Yeah. We are told that to be happy, you need to have this, you need to have that house, you need to have that appliance, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not our fault, but what it causes is this this constant sort of chasing. You get it, you, you get the yeah, the, the, uh, the iPhone one, and then we want the next one. And these companies know what they're doing. Yeah. They know, you know. And how happy are we after after three weeks of having it? It won't even last that long. But after after two three weeks, it loses everything for us and then we're looking again what do I need to be happy Um, so to answer your question for 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 this because I know it is aimed with dads we do have a lot to focus on but my advice would be to to focus on something that sounds corny I know but the gift that keeps on giving is things like relationships so the relationship with your wife and the relationship you've got with your kids. Because if you work at those things and you focus on those things, then it it keeps you going. It just keeps you simmering all the time. And then when you've got that foundation, then you can turn your sights towards things like work, climbing a ladder there, whatever you need to do. Because you know what you've got at home is good so you're not built on sand because if you try focusing on on the promotion on the on the the financial the external things and things aren't great at home and you start spending a lot of time away or to spending time at the desk then things will go from a bit iffy to bad quite quickly yeah but if you've put the work in then it 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 gives you that that help that cushion that support to go reach for those things. Because, yes, they will benefit them in the long run as well. Everyone reaps the rewards then.
0: What are some of the examples for you that you do to keep the balance now?
1: In, in terms of in terms of mental health?
0: In terms of your own mental health, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, it's, uh, it's a tough one um, because we've just got our newborn out of um, hospital and uh, we've got our one-year-old. Uh, they're very close in age. It it seemed like a good idea at the time, but it was the first lockdown and it was nothing on telly. Yeah,
0: so uh, we
1: ended up with, with baby number two. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's hard at the moment. So for me, sleep. Sleep is a big one. And it's not easy, but get it when you can get it. Um, so, so for me now, if uh, on a weekend uh, the kids have gone down, I'll try and steal a nap where I can. Um, I'll aim, I'll always aim to get eight hours or something like that, if I can. And that's a good night. That's a brilliant night. Um, okay. but things, things crop up. I get it. But we also, we also do this, this thing where, where, where we, we feel, we, we feel that we're owed our own time. So we stay up late. That's why I've started changing this sort of, um, procrastinating of, of going to going to bed. Um, so things like, well, I've been in work all day. I've come home and I've had help with, uh, with, with tea. I've done the bath time routine and now it's, it's half past eight and all oh, I want to do something for me. And yeah, it is important, but sometimes you've got to think, hang on, right? I'm watching garbage on Netflix and I've got to look after number one here. I would feel far better if I just go to sleep. And get an early night I read a book, et cetera. Okay. Then wake up next day, you you feel a million times better. And not cussing yourself because you shouldn't have stayed up and watched four episodes of, of something that you know hasn't changed your life. Um yeah. that so so for me, sleep is a big one. Um and, and not dragging it out. Uh, but but also I think my my wife knows that um I do need it's not every day, cause that <laughs> because that probably isn't fair. Um but once twice uh a week I like to go for a bit of a plod. Um I mean I'm I'm not uh, a racing snake. I'm I'm still about 17 and a half 18 stone, but to get outside for an hour and and just run
0: yeah. is,
1: is for me is massive. Okay. Um but I've started I've started um trying to stop being a slave to my phone. Um I've also cuz cuz that you just you just go into complete zombie mode. We just scroll. These things are designed to make a scroll and to stay stuck to it. So, um, I put it out of the way, and I start. You can listen, listen to a podcast, or listen to an audio and and read and do things. But it's amazing when you put your phone away. The stuff you can think about that you've forgotten how to think about is incredible. Yeah. Is uh, this this sorry? It just it, it just sounds nuts, but. If you're on your phone, you can't plan for what's coming in three hours' time. Even if you're in charge of the kids, Saturday or something, right, and uh, the kids are uh, w- doing whatever they're doing. They've gone to the park, they, they, they're out with mum, whatever, and you're, uh, you're left in charge. I'm saying, right, you've got to sort tea out and all the rest of it and stuff. But we start looking at our phone when we're on our own, and we start scrolling, and we start scrolling, and it keeps going, and it takes over. It stops us planning. It stops yeah. us looking forward and it stops us looking backwards. We lose the ability to reflect and plan. Um, so just do your best to, to park the phone. I know they've become part of our anatomy these days, but we've, we've got to do our best to just say, oh, no, 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 I'm still in charge, not the phone. I think other things, cutoffs from work. I mean, remember the old adage when you were a kid and, uh, I don't know, if someone, the phone rang at, at 10 o'clock in the evening, and your father would go, who the hell is that now? Who's ringing at 10 o'clock at night?
0: Yeah,
1: right, It's something bad that happened at 10 o'clock if the phone rang, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So why would, you, why would you respond to an email? If, if someone sent you one at 10 o'clock at night, then that's their problem. They've got, they're the one with issues, okay? That, that's you time. That's you and, and time for you and your wife. It's not time to work. It, it, the, the guy that stays on in work late on in the night or is up all night at his desk, isn't a, a brilliant example of being a great dad. He's a, he's a, he's the example of how not to balance your time of getting that right. Because they won't thank you in, in 30 years time that your employer won't thank you, won't, won't sort you out for, for the rest of your life because you stayed up late and answering emails and stuff. But, but neither will your your kids. You don't get anything back there. So it's important just to to know your boundaries. That that's another big one for me. I think is know your boundaries. Know when it's you time. Know when it's um when it's work time. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I know um, we're starting to creep up towards the sort of time that you, you you're going to run out of time shortly. But um, so top tips for men or anybody. Especially now during lockdowns, which is a lot of people are struggling, finding it difficult, these prolonged lockdowns. Um, would your top tips just simply be, as you've already discussed, set yourself a goal, get out there, make a small step towards it?
1: Yeah. Um that's that's the big picture. That's the big one, is is get passionate, get that back in your life again because we we just get drawn into just going along with the same old, same old. Okay, but but do something, make a decision, have a focus, have a target, and and live by it, and go for it, back yourself. Um, look into it, and um, and do what you can there. So that, that's the big one. But then we've got the maintenance ones, I think, as well. And uh, the maintenance ones would be, get out for some exercise, eat well. If you if you eat crap, you'll feel like crap. It's, it's a fact, all right? It, don't get me wrong. We, we don't want, we, we're not athletes, we're not saints, but if you eat well, then you can allow yourself you know the, the the can in the evening or the dairy milk on the Friday night, whatever it may be. You don't have, to, you know, it. It's not going to be a, a crime then. You've got to reward yourself because otherwise you do go off the rails. You do need little rewards. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: sleep well. So sleep hygiene. Park the phone early. Park it. And yeah, and, and and talk where you can. Talk where you can. It's not easy, as I said to you earlier. Um, hopefully, when things get lifted now, and we can start mixing a little bit more. Um, don't don't be af- afraid to. To, to speak to someone because chances are they feel the same as well okay and um and it takes big balls to be able to say listen Steve I, I had a massive load the other day I was just really struggling I don't know what happened but the wheels came off and I just I just went blank and I just felt like, emotional or whatever or whatever and chances are your mate would probably say bloody hell yeah I had that two months ago yeah you know so so have the have the nads to, to put yourself out there sometimes and um if uh if if they respond poorly then maybe maybe choose a different mate <laughs> um because a good mate would be there for you so um so yeah I would say talk where you can talk where you can talk to your wife talk with your wife do that St- stuff like this podcasts things like that you know are, are, are great and then there's this, if things are particularly hard things are particularly tough then there are a number of um of sources of of, of help out there, things like that, that show crisis text line, they're they're smashing.
0: Yeah. I think it is important that um, we haven't all got friends that are trained or qualified therapists or um, well-versed in dealing with mental health issues. If you find yourself being that friend that's sat there listening to somebody who's having a bit of a hard time, even if you haven't got the answers to reply to them and give them something that's going to make them feel better, because chances are not a lot will, but just be just listen, just be a good listener. And just let them know that you you're there to listen.
1: Without a doubt. Without without a doubt. We got, we got two ears and one mouth. So you should do twice as much listening as speaking. Yeah. Right. And and simply simply by by listening. You're already doing 90% of a counselor's a therapist's job, anyway. Yeah. Some forms of therapy. Are purely just there, just that person listens and just just re- reflects back. Yeah. It's not it's not my 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 sort of uh, thing, but yeah, you don't have to have the answers. Simply by being there, you, you're being brilliant, honestly. And you don't have to think, oh, I've got to say something here. Yeah, I've got to say something. You don't. You can you can just. You can just say, yeah, make the time frame, say, well well, come on let us let's, let's go for a walk and talk or something or whatever, okay It doesn't have to be down the pub. it doesn't have to be do something different go go do something or say should, should we should we try our thing that that's the, that new gym down the road or whatever or something or whatever, just do something, offer an outlet, just say, listen, all right when you when you feel like this, you can you can't speak to me, yeah, okay, so just know, let them know that you are there and and chances are. They will feel so much better by just being able to tell someone, someone that they know, and they don't feel judged. That that's all you gotta do. you that's all you gotta do is just be there for them. And um, and you are on to a winner straight away. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. One of the final little things, just to ask you how you, how your son was doing, because I know that was when you first we first made sort of contact, was when you were, I think, sat in sat in the hospital. So how's how was it getting on?
1: Yeah, he's doing really well. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Jim. He's, um, yeah, he came seven weeks early and uh, he had a couple of um, respiratory issues and stuff, but, um, but he's eating like a trooper good. and um, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing really, really well. So he's just playing catch up. That's all, that's all, uh, that's all we want. So uh, jobs are good and the world is good.
0: Yeah. Good to hear. It's been really good talking talk to you.
1: I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. You, well, you said you were a little bit apprehensive and, uh, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go, you know, first guest on, um, somebody I don't know, because the others have been friends. We're sending out a really positive message. And, uh, that's, that was kind of the, the whole premise behind the idea of setting up this podcast. Anyway, um, if we can have a laugh and talk about lighthearted things along the way, brilliant, but there are some difficult subjects that people need to know that there are people out there that are willing to listen and, uh, Trying to understand and dealing with.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're you, you're doing a smashing job, Jim, by by putting it on your and stuff. And, and the stuff that you cover is is brilliant. So, yeah, and um and and if anyone needs needs any help, then um then all you need to do is is send them my 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 Twitter details or um there's also a website, um mental health mental edge, uh, okay, and they can contact me via there and stuff, okay. So, um and it <laughs> it's, it's it's free advice and stuff. So if um if people want to get in touch then, then please feel free to do so
0: yeah, and, uh, yeah if you ever want to come on again and, and have another chat some updates and stuff maybe when things are opening up again after lockdown and we, we might have some more things to talk about because we'll be able to go out and do things um feel free yeah
1: that's great mate yeah i'd love to
0: all right thanks for your time
1: well thanks very much jim all the best buddy take care
0: all right thanks a lot Cheers. all the best Bye. bye